Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. So let me just be crystal clear because it's very rare we get John at an event. And so I'll say directly to the Lieutenant Governor, for somebody who has cut an image as an incredibly tough guy, you're so afraid of two little words. I'm sorry. You did take a 20-gauge shotgun, get in your pickup truck, travel into another town, and brandish that weapon at the chest of an unarmed black jogger. You did that. The problem is that John still, nine years later, refuses to do one of the most important things that you want from any leader. You want them to be self-reflective. And I think John has gotten away with this for too long, with this idea that as long as he didn't know the jogger was black, it was fine what he did. It was not okay what John did. And John, I hope tonight you would say those two simple words. I'm sorry. Mr. Fetterman, 30 seconds to respond on this. There, there's, there's, uh, I would like a lot to, to clarify. You know, I, I think it's important to, to mention that the, the people of Braddock who know me, that, that know my heart, know that that 2013 had nothing to do with what, what they're saying today. No, they There's don't. No, no they don't. I'm, I'm going to have to cut that. this BS off right now. I'm cutting it off. I'm, I, just, I got what I needed to get out of it, which was the accountability being requested and required by this gentleman who is running for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. He is a Pennsylvania state representative for the 181st District. Let me welcome to the show. Mr. Malcolm Kenyatta, Representative Malcolm Kenyatta. Hello. Thank you Hi. so much. I'm happy to be with you. Happy to see you. Renee Seiler was telling you her son, you know, absolutely is a fan, even though he doesn't live in Pennsylvania. And I feel like <laughs> a lot of people outside of Pennsylvania really, really like what you're doing. They think you're going to make a great Thank senator, you. but you need more people inside Pennsylvania. What do we need to do to get inside? Because the polls, I don't believe in the polls, but Fetterman looks like he is leading by a whole lot. You only have 4% based on the latest poll, which I don't know. What do we do about that, Malcolm? Well, I'm with with you. Um, We're not going to get sort of distracted um, by by any any one particular poll. Um, You know, there's a bunch of polls that say a bunch of different things. The one that we're worried about with eight days left is the polls that people can go into and make their voices their voices heard. Um, there has never been a candidate like me who's running for the U.S. Senate. I'm somebody who understands in a real lived way what the hell is going on in people's lives, where people are seeing so many of the basic basic metrics around their lives not really make sense with the needs that they that they have. And so it's why I've talked about everywhere I've gone, America's basic bargain a good job backed up by a union, the ability to send your child and have the knowledge of knowing that your kid's going to go to a good school in your neighborhood where there's going to be mental health services embedded into that building as well, that if you get sick, you can go to the damn doctor and be able to fill the prescription when you leave the appointment. And then it's about being able to retire with a level of dignity. I talk about that every day, everywhere I go, because I know what it means when people don't have that. And that's why I got involved in politics. And it's why I'm running in for the U.S. Senate to change that. Do you think that um, your opponents understand, because you mentioned lived experience, do you think your opponents are out of touch? That hasn't been their life. That hasn't been their life. And, you know, it's always a wonderful thing when somebody who's not directly impacted by something steps up and says, you know, that's right. 
That's good. But it's even better to have the person who's actually impacted telling their own story. I think for the longest time we have had to, and we've been forced to accept as the only option, somebody who promises to mention us when they get into a position of power, especially as African-American voters. We, are, we have to choose who's the least worst millionaire white guy, and let's be for that person. In this instance, we don't have to make that choice. There is a black guy from Philly who you can vote for. And I don't think people should get all tied up into what, frankly, I think is a lie to begin with, but get all tied up in this pontificating and political sort of political sort of uh, consultant jargon talk of, well, I like Malcolm, but I'm afraid that this other person might not like Malcolm. I'm afraid that there's somebody in a part of the state who's just too racist, too homophobic um, to elect a black gay guy from North Philly. I think that that's nonsense. And those are the same cynical voices who told us that somebody named Barack Hussein Obama was not gonna win Pennsylvania. He won it twice and by larger margins than the last two folks um, who won Pennsylvania. That's the same folks who tell us over and over and over again that we have to just accept the crumbs that fall from the table. We don't have to. And what I've learned um, throughout my life is nobody tries to fight you if they think you're losing. We wouldn't have people <laughs> going after us every single day telling people, well, I know you like them, but just vote for them at some other election, some other time. They wouldn't be saying that if they didn't think we had support that they needed to try to depress. And they do it with all types of stuff. But what we have done in this campaign is build a campaign that is incredible with endorsements from two of the three largest unions in Philadelphia, SEIU, the teachers, multiple AFSCME locals, um, railroad workers, um, organizations, elected officials in every single corner of the Commonwealth, not just in Philadelphia and in Pittsburgh, but in every single corner of the Commonwealth. And I'll remind folks that a poll, who's talking about polls, just came out today that showed a black woman tied for first on the Republican side. The Republicans elected the first statewide African-American. They just did it a year ago when they elected Tim D. Ford as Auditor General. We're the only ones talking about will Republicans <laughs> vote for a Black person, and they keep doing it. They're just yeah. not voting for somebody who actually gives a damn about Black people. Oh, oh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I think people are so, we're so cynical right now. And, and, you know, you're this young, dynamic, you know, good looking and, you know, you've got, you're full of just this vim and vigor and we're out here old and crotchety and cynical. I mean, I, I mean, I'm talking about, what like, are you talking so about? We're, 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 wait, hold on. Hold on. I mean, okay. Let me just speak for myself, but I'm just going to say like, Sometimes we go into the booth and it's more about harm reduction, not yes. who's going to give me what I really want and what I really desire and what I deserve. It's like, who's going to hurt me the least? Well, you know, that's what we do in a general election, right? Versus yep. a primary. This is why we have a primary. And I have throughout this, this, this campaign with, with, without a doubt, if in eight days, I'm not the nominee, you can expect I'll be back on the show talking about why the Republican is not good and you should be for the nominee. But the reality is we have eight days to make history. And every single day I see people popping up saying they voted for me, posting it online. We're making a plan to vote every single day. People are going to MalcolmKenyatta.com, chipping in 
five bucks, 10 bucks, a hundred bucks, thousand bucks, whatever they can do to make sure that we win. And that's, that's how we win by actually just running a campaign, ignoring the noise and actually focusing on the goal. And the goal for me is not just to elect a Democrat, which of course I believe the more Democrats we have in office, the better chance we have to accomplish the things that I care about. But in the primary, the question is who is the best Democrat to actually go to DC and fight for you? And I say to people who are cynical, you don't have to take my word for it. I didn't start talking about this stuff because I thought it would earn me votes. I got in politics for selfish reasons because my family was not given the opportunity that every family deserves. And many of you who are listening, you know your family does not have access to those four things that I mentioned. A good job, not two and three jobs, but just one good job, good school, a safe neighborhood, the ability to go to the doctor. And so for me, when I was 11 years old, I was living on this block, Woodstock Street, my parents had separated. I come home, I'm complaining. My mom, I'll never forget, was lighting a Newport cigarette on the stove, looking at me and she said, boy, if you care so damn much, why don't you go do something about it? And I ran for junior black captain. And that's how I feel in this moment. My mom has passed, but that voice is still in my head. My head. If I care so damn much, I got to go do something about it. And so I decided to run for Senate. Wow. Uh, your mom, Kelly uh, Kenyatta, uh, we're going to say her name. Rockstar. Yes. That's right. She was a rockstar. Kelly Kenyatta. Uh, your, Kelly. Your, your grandfather was Mohammed I. Kenyatta civil rights right. activist so you got you got this in your dna you got royalty royalty inside your dna yeah. malcolm kenyatta um nancy <laughs> mcdowell on twitter says karen i live in pennsylvania i never heard anything about representative kenyatta that's the problem i had uh john fetterman on the show he was dismissive um disrespectful he uh was entitled in a way that i'm like you don't deserve the entitlement and the people of my, they know who I am. No, no, people don't know. They don't know. They only know what we tell them. And I'm going to be, I'm going to keep it real. Renee's got her mouth open. I don't play, I don't play games here. I'll, as I mentioned, I don't, I don't really have a whole lot of friends, so I'm good with the friends that I don't have, but I'm going to tell the truth about a thing. I found him incredibly dismissive and almost wow. like you Negroes, you know, you don't really have any choice. I'm the best thing that, you know, but this man pulled a gun on a black man. And if, if, if this were Georgia, that black man could have been Ahmaud Arbery very easily. And, mm. you know, the, the excuse that he gave to me is unacceptable. But it just tells me, you know, I don't care if you're married to a black woman or a Mexican or whatever. It doesn't mean that you don't have the same white privilege mentality that is all. And so, yeah, it may be the less of two evils. If unfortunately, you do not make it. We got to hold our nose. But I, as you, to your point, I'm tired of holding my nose when we have a good option. When we have a Philly born brother born in Temple University Hospital, North Philly, went to Temple, went to Temple, then turned around and went to Drexel. We're not talking about a transplant, somebody that's not part of the community. And it's not just about being a part, a part of the black community. It's about caring about the, the marginalized, the people who don't have. Uh, isn't that why we have politicians? Not for the rich people. They can afford health care and everything else. We have a political system to take care of the people who cannot take care of themselves. And I feel like it's time for us to stop <sighs> to, to Renee's point, to your point, Malcolm, doing, you know, it's like we're conditioned almost to never do the best we can. Mm -hmm. It's like we're always going to accept like damn the crumbs I can bake. I got mm -hmm. an egg and flour <laughs> and some. I got ingredients. Let's that's go. That's the word. <laughs> 
And you better trademark that before I do. <laughs> you can do it. I gave it to you. You got it. It's yours. It's yours. Ain't the first, but, but second, to, but third to your time. Point, and to Nancy's point, Nancy, you've heard about me now. You can vote for me. <laughs> right, right. You know, I'm on the ballot. It's four names. I'm the one that says Philadelphia under it. And um, give her the shout out you for can, your you website. Can vote for me. It's, right. it's, it's not it's not tough. But, but that has really been the you know, that has been one of the challenges. John Fetterman has run statewide three times. Um, Connor Lamb was in multiple pretty, you know, wide, um, well-known um, election contests because he ran in a special election context. And so that was the only race in the country people were people were focused on. But I think that for so many of us. The reason we have not yet. Um, elected an African-American from Pennsylvania or have not yet elected a working person is not because there hasn't been a qualified person who could do it, who fall into those those buckets. The issue is, is that the gatekeepers that do exist, it's very difficult for you, Nancy, to learn about all the, the, the candidates um, because for a long time, folks have acted as if, and I've said this publicly to the to the press, this race has never just been two white guys from Pittsburgh, even if that's the way that they've covered it. Um, but it has not been. And what we have been talking about is not just I think my opponents are, 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 are bad. I've been talking about my agenda as somebody who in Harrisburg right now as a legislator has worked around issues of criminal justice reform, hardening our digital infrastructure, trying to make mental health care more affordable and accessible to folks within our communities. And I was the guy who was in the room making sure Pennsylvania didn't become Arizona when they were trying to do an Arizona style audit of the election as it was going on. I'm the Democratic chair of that subcommittee on campaign finance and elections. And so I've been in the room already protecting folks' right to vote and trying to make this government work for working people. But right now we have a Senate where all the things that matter don't get across the finish line because we don't have enough senators who frankly have skin in the game on the things that they're talking about. And when we think about the type of government we need and if we are going to ever have what should be the fullness of the American experience, we're not going to have that if we don't have those folks re reflected in our Senate. Now, I went to uh, Ballopedia, 866-801-8255, and you're in Pennsylvania right now. You deserve better leadership. Um, listen, you're hearing what that sounds like. Malcolm Kenyatta is his name. You can go to Malcolm Kenyatta.com, uh, at Malcolm Kenyatta on Twitter. Follow him. Uh, last election, 2016, the the Democratic primary winner won with 669,774 votes. There are more than a million, I think, eligible voters just in Philly. <laughs> if only Philly shows up, show yeah. up eligible voters, this man can win the Democratic primary. I promise you, everybody every, in Philly. Every election. Every election, and, and, and Karen, I'll, I'll go a little bit. I'll, look, I'll go a little bit further, Doctor Hunter, to tell you this: If you put together Philadelphia and then our four suburban counties, we're talking about fifty-two percent of all the people live in five counties in Pennsylvania. Fifty-two percent. Wow. Wow. And so, and this is not. I want to be very crystal clear about this. This is not mean. I don't care about the other parts of the state. If anybody goes on my social media for five minutes, you'll see I've gone to every single part of this Commonwealth um, to communities where people are like, I ain't never heard about that Malcolm until you posted it and have been greeted, frankly, with respect and interest in my campaign. And a lot of people voting for me. I was in Clearfield County with a bunch of people who was like, oh my God, I just voted for you. Here you are in Clearfield County. So, so we're getting support everywhere. But to your point, 
Here in Philadelphia and in Southeast more broadly, I think we've been asked election after election after election to give away our power. And I've had so many folks say, well, Malcolm, you know, you can win Philly, but what about, but what about, but what about? I don't think we should keep doing that to, to ourselves. The only question is who is the person who you can trust to go to DC and fight for you? And I'm gonna fight for you because frankly, I'm fighting for me and for the people I love best. Can, can we um, talk about the, right now, what is the elephant in the room or at least in the room of, of every woman um, and, and man yeah. too is, is yeah. Roe versus Wade. I saw you um, give a powerful soundbite. It's on your um, Facebook page about Roe v. Wade. And it's like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> Basically <laughs> is what I want to know. What the hell is going on? I, and listen, by, by yeah. the way, I'm well beyond my childbearing years, but I do have two children who are in their childbearing years and only yeah. one is a daughter. I'm also worried about my son. So very scary times to me. It, it, it is. And, um, you know, I, I've been telling this story often because I've been thinking about it a lot. My, my grandmother, um, my grandfather, Muhammad Kenyatta, his, his, his wife, my grandma, um, is still with us. She's in Greer, South Carolina. She might be listening. She likes the show. So grandma, if you're listening, I'll talk to you later. Um, but she called me in 2019 and she said, um, she had tears in her eyes and my grandmother's tough as hell. And I've never even heard her like, like this. And I was like, Oh my God, what's wrong. And she had watched some remarks I'd given on the house floor. And I don't even remember the, if the topic, to be honest, but she said, baby, I'm so sorry. She said, I'm so sorry because I thought we had fixed some of this stuff. And here you are talking about the same things me and your grandfather were organizing about in the 60s and 70s and the 80s, because we never wanted you to have to experience that. And that was true for so many years around, around Rome. And many folks who were, you know, alive during that time before there were those protections um, have told me um, stories. I was the first male ever elected to the board for the National Organization for Women, the Philadelphia chapter. And so this has been an issue. Protecting reproductive rights has been an issue for me for a very long time, something I've cared about, organized around. And I would listen to some of those older women who've been a part of NOW for many years, who got involved with, with NOW, some of them um, in their late teens, early 20s, because they wanted to have those protections. And the stories that they tell you um, are traumatic and horrific. And I was talking to one of them recently who said, Malcolm, it's one thing to hear the story, but now my granddaughters and um, her granddaughters in this instant um, are gonna have to know a world that I did everything for them to not know. And it was not a world without abortion. There were abortions. Right. It was a world where abortions were not safe where they were not legal and where you had women in many instances having to carry a child to term um, in a situation where maybe they had to weigh their, their, their life. Um, somebody at a rally um, that I just went to outside of city hall was telling, um, was telling her, 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 her story. Um, actually it was uh, people can go back and watch this. It was not outside of city hall, excuse me, outside of independence, um, independence hall and a uh, Congresswoman uh, Madeline Dean was telling the story of, of her, of her mother-in-law um, and what that meant and her story. People can go back and, and, and watch that. But this is an issue and be very clear about two things. This is not an issue that women should have to fight alone. alone. Men ought to be speaking up because it's a majority of men right now who are taking away this right. Men who were 
appointed in many cases by presidents who did not even win the popular vote mm -hmm. and are now going to make a decision about the autonomy of women's bodies. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is this is why um, policy does matter. And in this race, I've been the only person who's been willing to say we need to expand the Supreme Court. It is the right thing to do. We have done it multiple times. And it was Mitch McConnell who packed the court when he told President Obama, no, you're not going to be able to put your person on the bench and then throw that same rule that he made up to keep President Obama from nominating somebody he threw that rule out of the window to nominate Amy Coney Barrett. And I believe it was 27 days. And so we have a court system right now that is losing legitimacy left and right. And the only way we save the court is by expanding the court. Whew. Malcolm Kenyatta, um, he's our Monday mover as well today, brought to you by One United Bank, OneUnited.com, member FDIC. Uh, right now, people can vote in Pennsylvania. Between now and next week, they can vote right now, though. So tell them where they go. Where can they can they mail in? Like, what are the because a lot of people so on Twitter actually, like, I never tomorrow, heard of it before. What can they do tomorrow? Tomorrow is the last day for you to request uh, a mail-in ballot. Tomorrow's the last possible day for you to do it. And then one week from that day, you have the opportunity to go to the polling places from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. on May the 17th and vote for Malcolm Kenyatta. I'm the third option down. You can see me right there and you, and you can vote and you can vote for me in this race. Um, I never think it's good enough to just say to folks, Vote for me because the other people are, are worse. We have to make it clear why it matters to people that we have a bigger, bolder Democratic majority. And for folks who are pissed at what's happening in the Senate, I would just say this to you simply. If you want to have a Senate that actually delivers for working people, you have to change the senators. That's the only way it works. The Senate's yeah. not going to disappear if you stay home. But you can have a Senate where somebody is going to fight like hell for you every single day. Um, I grew up in a working poor family, lost both of my parents by the time I was 27, got my first job at 12 and been organizing since then. And I have never been afraid to speak up, to speak out about what's right. And I won't be afraid in Washington, D.C. either. And Karen, Renee, thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to talk to some you. people who may have never heard of me before. We, we have 30 seconds. Debbie in Pennsylvania wants to say something. Hold on, Smith. Debbie in Pennsylvania, 10 seconds. Let's go. So I live in Philadelphia, and I'm aware of Malcolm Kenyatta and what he did for us in terms of the Republicans trying to steal that electric vote. And I just want to tell you, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, so I know Braddock, and I know what goes on out there. And I just want to say that you need to tell these people in Philadelphia what you did for us, because they don't know. I'm spreading the word to the best of my ability, but they don't know. Well, they just well, going to find you. out well, today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Go you. to MalcolmKenyatta.com and find out. Get your whole lives and you'll be back. I want you to come back. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.